Hey guys, what's up? It's Coach Mina here. And tonight you guys are going to hear our very first podcast guest, Miss Meriwether Ball. She is the CEO and founder of CoreStories.com. They're a nonprofit and they are located in Virginia. And their mission is to put out positive media and inspiring stories about Marines and Marine supporters and those who have gone previously unnoticed. So check her out. She has so much information um, to share with us. And we're going to share a little bit about ourselves with her. And next week, we're going to be a guest on her podcast as well. So stick around, be inspired, share the stories. And we're just so excited to have you here. Enjoy. Right, Miss Merriweather, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Sabrina. And so tell me about who you are. We'll do like a little icebreaker, get a little background from you, and then I'll go ahead and introduce myself and what we do. Awesome. So I'm a longtime um, journalist. I wrote for the Associated Press uh, for seven years. I joined the Navy Reserve and, uh, as an E4 and um, as a rate of J.O., they don't have it anymore. I think it's called Media Media Mate or something like that now. Um, it's called MC, Mass Communications now. Perfect. Yeah. And and they had yeah. and then they had two like journalist and photographer. And I think they kind of blend blended mm-hmm. those now. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um so uh, then I had this, you know, terrible event, a tr- very traumatic event happened in my family within two years of joining the reserves and I had to get out and it wasn't pretty. Um, it was before the family leave act. It was, and so the Navy, I had to, I had to fight to get out like with my head held high yeah. with a, with a, um, honorable discharge. So, um, then after that though, it changed me. It changed the way I looked at military writing. It changed the way I looked at news. And so I launched Core Stories in 2002. In 2005, we got nonprofit status with the IRS. Wow! Yeah, I know it. And so it was—it's been kind of a a ride. In that time, I've interviewed a lot of very interesting Marines and corpsmen and their supporters, like their loved ones and others who come to their rescue. Yeah. And. but I had had a very traumatic childhood, and I um, then I had this domestic violence divorce and this trauma with my child in the Navy, and then I uh, I just had PTSD, and I the only way I could deal with it was through my faith. I didn't uh, have a lot of um, um, good experience with medication, yeah, and and so and so I. Um, uh, eventually discovered the stellar ganglion block, which is like a um, an injection in the cervical spine that mm-hmm. kind of de- deadens the um, nerves in the go into your memory banks for just a few minutes, and it relieved all this complex PTSD symptoms. And it was, I mean, 50 years of PT come on that, and so, and then I, um, but then I took off. You know, it was like life had been waiting for that that moment, and. And uh, I went to Regent University and finished my bachelor's degree that I had started when I was kind of a wild child. Hey, <laughs> okay, okay. I got thrown out of university when I was 19. It's <laughs> all right now. We won't go there. Um, and I have a little Yorkshire Terrier and she's blind and deaf and she may kind of join us. I saw her little cute self in the background. I saw right. That's right. <laughs> so and so anyway, she's thirteen. She's blind and deaf, and she runs this household. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So, <laughs> um, so, so when I then I finished my bachelor's at Regent University in communications, and then I went to Texas Tech, kind of closing the circle of the wild child back in Texas in the eighties. <laughs> And I finished a master's there last December. And now I'm at the London School of Economics, finishing a master of science there in September. And I'll be glad. Yeah, well, but it's all trying to get core stories to to just be a much more sophisticated um, organization. And, but it's the same exact, no mission drift, same mission. 
highlight people like you two who are doing great things within the Marine Corps family and trying to help and heal who, who maybe haven't had the press you deserve. So I was so delighted when I was introduced to you two. So I'm really honored to be here and I'm really looking forward to having you on my podcast. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it too. And I thank you so much, Ms. Brother Mary Rather, for accepting. So um, just to make it even more special, you are our first uh, guest ever. Oh, I'm yeah. a plank holder and now <laughs> I'm in that plank, girl. I'm owning it. Yeah, wonderful. I love yes. it. I love it. I love I'm, it. I'm honored to have you here. Um, I was super excited. I didn't know to do it myself. I was like, oh my gosh, someone wants to talk to us. Um, but yeah, so, you know, uh, we start Intent to Heal. Um, it's an online virtual um, coaching service. So a little bit of background about um, us. So Aisha and I met at Portsmouth. And we worked at the same hospital and we worked in the inpatient psych unit there. And I, first of all, when I got there, you know, um, I, mean, I, mean, I was acting duty at the time. And so, you know, when they give you orders, you go. And I found out I was working with a psych unit. I said, excuse me? Are you sure? Me? A what? Who? So I said, God, why'd you put me here? <laughs> I, I had to ask. I said, it has to be a reason, but I just want to know why. And, you know, he revealed to me over time that this is where I'm supposed to be because I fell in love with it within just a few weeks. I just, I fell head over heels with it. Um, so Aisha and I, we would do the groups on the unit. Um, we would be teaching other corpsmen on how to do the groups. Mind you, I was not trained formally to do behavioral health. They didn't send me to that school. So everything I learned, I learned there. And I just picked it up and I ran. I did more trainings and more courses and got more certificates after that. And so I just took it and ran with it. And I said, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So oh right my now, I, I used to do, I used to go to Regent. I used to, my, I did a semester. Hi, it was cool. And then I ended up going back to Liberty. Um, my dad just graduated from Liberty University and he's going to go get a master's there. And I'll be right behind him getting a master's next fall and professional counseling. So we fell in love with mental health, but... The, the catalyst for this business, this company started when we would notice that we would get patients in either off a ship, they'd be, you know, Navy, Air Force, Marine, whoever, you know, coming from a ship, another duty station or something, and they would be in acute psychiatric distress, whether it be something happened to their family, they're depressed, they're suicidal, um, or they have something happen like a psychotic break where we found they're bipolar or something like that. And they come to the psych unit, perfectly fine we do whatever we do there and then their outpatient appointments would be like once a month every now and then some people couldn't even get appointments their appointments were getting canceled so they'd have to come back to the inpatient unit sometimes just to get med refills and oh my word and and it was just so much some people felt like after they saw their psychologist or their psychiatrist or their social worker and they see them 30 or 60 days later, mind you, after you kick them out, they go back to their commands most of the time. So they're not really getting follow-up care, you know? And on Navy side, sometimes they have a ship psychologist, but they're not even always available because that psychologist still holds rank. So they still have to do officer duty. So they don't always have time to do a process group or anything like that. And another thing I noticed is that they were a lot of patients were getting meds and getting kicked out the door with not a whole lot of follow-up care. It's like, okay, here's your meds, go figure it out, go back to work. But not really able to implement those skills. Like they might have a couple groups here and there or the scheduling was an issue. You know, with the military, it's always something. It's like, we're very mission driven, which I get it, we should be, but there's such a big gap between being mission driven and really having a good, you know, psychiatric plan, yes. you know, like follow up of some sort and make sure someone's holding you accountable for those things that you learned on the psych unit or those things that you learned at that one group that you did three months ago, you know? And so we kept getting repeat offenders and it wasn't anything that they were doing wrong necessarily. No. They just thought that, okay, I went to my appointment, I got my meds. Why am I still depressed? Why Feeling do I still bad. want to die? Why do I still feel bad? Or, you know, I, I just want to get meds set. I just want to get out. Like I can't do this, you know? Cause right. there is, they harp on resiliency, but there's not a whole lot of things in place. Or there are resources out there, but they just can't get a hold of them because the op tempos are so high. And so, you know, we notice things like that or people um, getting freshly married and they have to go off and be away from their spouse for the first time, you know? And so it was a lot of things. So we said, you know what? We're going to start a little medium here, you know, to kind of 
catch those people in those little sections. And what I love about it is that, you know, we still are very involved working on military side. So if we need to get on a base somewhere, we can, you know, um, so that kind of works out, you know, we're virtual. Thank God we were like that before COVID. So if someone needs to pick up a phone or hop on a Zoom, they're able to do that. And so we've only been in one, it's our first year. So we just had our, our, our one year anniversary, June 20th. And um, we didn't start really being able to capture people until about January of this year. So we're still getting a whole lot of things put in. We have a whole lot of goodies we're putting together, but that was just the heart of it. It was like, we hated seeing people come in, get some meds, maybe see a doctor every now and then and they're having to really just start over every single time with a new care plan and not to mention half the doctors are in the military so by the time you see a doctor again it's not your same doctor it's somebody else so you have to retell your story you know all over again and you know some patients mesh better with their providers you know some providers are really mission driven they're just like okay we'll go back there are you about to die right now you're not trying to kill yourself right now just go back out there and i'm like that's yeah, and with the suicide rates in the military the way they are now, that's not what people need. No. So well, you yeah. there did I've been following um, the story of Brandon. Have you, are you familiar with the Brandon Act? Uh, no, not too familiar. Well, I'm sure that you know the story, even though you don't may not know this name. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't recall his last name, but it was exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. He was having a terrible time within his command. Um, and he um, sought mental health care, but then he was bullied by his command about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he wound up writing these after many written appeals for help for consistent mental health help yeah. and dealing with problems within the command. Yeah. His documentation was amazing. 20, 21 years old on a carrier. Can't call the carrier right now. Mm-hmm. But he um, wrote letters to everybody telling him a story. He walked, a uh, pilot landed on the flight deck and he walked up to the pilot and said, I'm sorry what you're about to see. And he walked right into the engine, the back of the engine. Oh, I remember that story. Yep, I sure do. Yep, I sure do. Yeah. And that highlighted, I mean, as yeah. awful as it was, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Exactly. So I just really applaud that because I I think to myself, you know, it seems like such a simple, innovative idea you two have had. Yeah. I'm I'm a little confused as to how it's never happened before now, but I really love it because if if this had been available for him when he died two years ago, you know, he could have been able to have some padding to everything he was experiencing and have some support yeah so i i love it i get i completely get it yeah and you know one of the bases that you know we're oh aisha got finally made it hey girl um you know you we don't have to be a licensed doctor to see you with high patient loads because i will say on the provider end sometimes i just you know give them loads and loads of patients you know, that they either they can't see yeah. or, you know, or they have to have like 10 and 15 minute appointments and things like that. And that's not fair, you know, to the patient. No. But, um, you know, we kind of squeeze in and say, hey, what what were what were your instructions? What were you given? Okay, well, let's let's harp on that. You know, um, let me call and check. Well, how are you doing with this? How are you doing with that? You know what I mean? Kind of keep you accountable. And then, you know, we're really good at group skills. So we can throw in some, you know, life skills and things like that. Give you a workbook, check, you know, just kind of, hold you over until you're able to see provider again because obviously we cannot you know fill in that provider gap right now but what we can do you know most people that's really all they need is someone to keep them accountable for something they're already doing and to just check in on them say hey well how are you doing with this how well did you do this or you know like shoulder to cry on kick in the butt but the other thing is that you guys know the system see that's that's definitely that's the high value thing you've got that is you know definitely one of your your strengths and unique um, values is that you have, you know, the system that they're they're trying to navigate. Definitely. Whereas if they were outside, if they seek this kind of support outside of the military, they would have to sort of explain everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that um, 
Hi, you finally made it. Hey, girl. Yeah, my computer was acting really slow. I apologize. Oh, I know. I'm on. My internet hole cut off today. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, we were just talking about, Aisha, just to catch you up a little bit, we were talking about Miss um, Merriweather, how she founded Core Stories, and she's giving a little bit of background about that. And now we're talking about, you know, the um, the mental health deficit that we're facing now. Now, Miss Aisha works outpatient, so she sees it all the time. Wow. Patients, you know, appointments having to be canceled. Um, most recently, have doctors have left, right? Been, um, I'm, I'm a, so I work as a psych tech in the outpatient clinic now and I was actually talking about it to some of the providers about what we're doing right now because the most frustrating thing that I'm seeing is um, it's not just the lack of providers but it's everybody's role in the system. Um, we have I feel like enough providers even though We've had so many people kind of drop out due to the providers either deploying or getting stationed somewhere else. That happens so often. So there's inconsistency with their therapists and medication providers get jumbled up. And then um, the most recent issue that we ran into today, um, we've had people that got flown over from hospitals and deployments overseas who either have attempted suicide or um, needed treatment pretty quickly. And then they get here and they're kind of lost in the system. One, because of the COVID thing, you know, as soon as you get from overseas, they have to put you on quarantine. So you have, um, you know, suicidal um, military members who are sitting in hotels. And a lot of times because duty comes first, their escorts have to leave and go back and then they're kind of stuck. They don't know what to do. They can't go back home, see their families who kind of help them feel better. They have to stay in those hotels because of the quarantine. And then um, they're alone. we're more they're focused. They're completely alone. Yeah. 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 So the commands, yeah, the commands, um, you know, anytime somebody says they're sad or something's going on with them, they send them to mental health. Civilian sector, a lot of people will end up going to look for mental health help themselves. So we're we're kind of battling between some person being forced to go to mental health and get help, who ultimately won't attend groups and ultimately won't do their follow-on care themselves, versus the people who are looking for help and can't find it. You know, either enough or something because you know, just that little mix of limited duty and trying to get somebody back to work who doesn't want to go back to work. You got people going to work on the same ship as people who bullied them for demographics or sexual assaults. Yep. And All because the there's not enough care fast enough, we can't remove them from the ship fast enough. And they're ultimately going back to the commands that are kind of giving them that same grief. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of different factors that kind of go into all of these things that hurry up and wait game mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, just that kind of thing too. I, I you know, I'm it. seeing officers get help immediately <laughs> and then enlisted people who've just joined, um, patients from that, um, recent ship situation that's happened. We've had people from there who said they found it hard to get the help that they needed mentally in the Fitzgerald. And, um, but there was an officer that came in and got help that same day, you know? So it's things like that too. I mean, I, I think it's, it's so wonderful. I certainly hope that we can, I can do anything I can to help get the word out about what you're doing. But I also hope that, um, I, I mean, I can imagine there's going to be a massive de demand for this, but because you you understand what these people are going through, whereas somebody in the civilian sector just would get it, you know, so much. But also, what you're talking about, you know, as somebody who had PTSD for so long, somebody I was a, a sexual assault survivor and childhood trauma survivor, and I mean, safety mm. is absolutely critical mm. to being able to to want to live. Yeah. If they're being sent back to the command where they're completely not safe, they are not safe from the bullying or from assault or from 
whatever coercion. Um, how how could they want to stick around? You know, how could they want to fight on? I don't I don't I don't I don't know. And uh, this discrimination against the lower ranks, I mean, that's ghastly yeah. to think that an officer could come in and get care when they are the smallest percentage of the service members and certainly the low, far lower suicide attempt rate than the, the enlisted. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's outrageous. So how do you process, how, I mean, how, how are you guys dealing with that? How, how can you advocate these people when you're in this situation? So, you know, it's great that you brought up earlier that because we are in the system and, you know, we kind of got one foot in, one foot out, we're kind of able to bridge those things. Um, we do have access to people that are already in and we have access to people that have just gotten out. Um, and also, side note, we are for regular civilians as well. <laughs> um, yes. But because we, we've also had patients like that, and that was kind of like our main demographic, um, you know, where we worked before, you know, we're kind of able to kind of identify that on the spot, whether someone tells us what's going on or not. And so it's kind of easy to be like, not necessarily taking away from track here, and, you know, and their kind of clientele there, but, you know, we're able to be like, hey, for 45 minutes or an hour or so just tell me what's going on and we and then we can be able to you know initiate some resiliency skills there because we understand hey you can't walk away from your contract or else you know they'll put they'll send you to the brig or right, something right. you know but this is what you can do in the meantime because like you said time and time again people do get sent back to those commands because like Aisha said that we can't get them out fast enough you know there's some sort of overhead sort of bureaucratic reason why that person who is unsafe you know or might not be safe to go back because they're they're they themselves are dangerous someone else you know there's there's so many reasons why they can't just be plucked up and put somewhere else you know or the people that's in charge of putting them somewhere else they're about to pcs or there's yeah. you know because the we're, we're, we're a revolving door so we're able to kind of scoop in there and say hey wait a second i understand the situation you don't have to explain from start to finish, like I'm a civilian, you know, why you can't okay. just up and leave. It's like, no, I already know, like that command, I get it. Or this, you know, whatever's going on, we understand that you just can't up and walk away. You can't just go pick out your own provider. You can't just go get your own therapist or you haven't seen your therapist in weeks or you don't even know that you need therapy, you know? So we're just kind of there to, be, to, to listen and give skills and to follow up and say, hey, how are you doing? Have you been doing this? We'll have da 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 da. Well, here's this homework you need to. So that way, at least when they're, I can't always say away from that environment because, you know, if you're in a ship, you're in a ship. If you're stuck at your command, stuck at your command. But we all got cell phones. So if we could be like a little mental reprieve just for a little bit for somebody, I think that's enough to get them through. Because half time people just, like I said earlier, they just need somebody to talk to, to keep them accountable, you know. And sometimes their family members aren't always available to do that or don't know how to do that. Don't know how, right. Yeah, and they that's... don't know. Because there, a lot of times we get people that um, we've experienced of patients that they're, they're the only ones in their family in the military. Yeah. And so their family doesn't get it. They don't understand, well, why can't you do da 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 And it's like, well, no, you can't. Like, you have to stay in this little tricare network <laughs> of things. That. And you got to make it. an appointment. And your appointment is a month out. And you're depressed and suicide. Not because you necessarily regret joining the military, but because while you're in, you want to stay in. But you just need a little help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely love it. And I completely value it. I, I mean, I think that it would have... If you guys had been around 20 years ago when I was going through getting out of the Navy. And, I, you know, the the thing is that you're, you're able to provide them because of your training thus far and your experience in mental health, military mental health. You're able to give them information that is very valuable, I would think, to, to them. Um, like you say, sort of how to... Um, continue with the plan that they've already been given in a way that actually works yeah and um so that is that's now so i i think of a lot of people i have in the marine corps marines who um had a lot of trouble when they were in and they didn't have this it's really a safe place to land is what you you're providing yeah um and 
I think, so I wonder, like, I don't have any doubt that it would be really valuable to people in our, our community, but I wonder how, how do you guys manage it? How do you, how do you manage who, how do you compensate, get compensated for it? Are you, do you have some kind of funding? Um, and then how do you manage time-wise with all, I mean, anybody could call you like anytime and you have to drop everything. So funny enough, so we have a scheduling kind of calendar set up yes. on our website. And also, I don't know if you ever heard of it. These people are amazing. They're called Regis. So none of our personal cell phone numbers are out there. And Regis is a company where you can get an office anywhere in the world. They're amazing. And you can get what's called a virtual office. So a human being picks up the phone, they'll take a message or they'll send the message, you know, to your email and you can just call back whenever you need. I love um, it. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of mentioned that way. And so far, the schedule is set up towards only specific days that we put out. So anyone can go on there and pick a day, but it's only days that we put up there. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, their lives. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's cash based because we're not providers yet, but we're like I said, we're both in college. So once we graduate and we're able to board, then you know we'll be able to accept insurance and things like that. But for for now, we're just just a little baby, little cash-based little business. <laughs> I love it. Like, um, what's what's kind of going to work in the long term, because we are just starting out and things, is content. Um, I'm a thinker, like I, I'm a big thinker. Um, and I think the best part about the military is that we've come across a lot of different types of people from a lot of different demographics. We were talking about it in our um, diversity meeting at work and I was explaining to them that with you know all of our different experiences no two people are the same um you know she, she's we talk about this all the time she's an alpha female you know she's a you know she goes after something she gets it I'm a worker and I like to like like think a lot about what's kind of working and what's not working especially in mental health I feel like right now we're starting off kind of slowly because like you guys said earlier, nobody really knows that they might need mental health help until they hit that um, that crisis. And then once they hit the crisis, it's almost like you don't feel like you want to reach out because you don't know how to ask for help. So the best thing that I think we're doing right now is we're still kind of just going. We're seeing, um, you know, especially in our own lives, we have daily stressors. We're incorporating that into our podcasts. We're incorporating it into our blogs, YouTube, Pinterest, our Instagrams, everywhere. Over time, we're putting um, the classes that we create, the master classes, into books um, and things like that. Because one of my biggest things I always tell people is there's more than one way to make a burger. Yeah. More than one way. So one of those burgers, somebody's going to like and eat it. You know, they're going to find it. They're going to say, oh, I like that, you know, and then they might want more, you know, and that type of thing. And we're going to have a lot of different variety because our experience over time will kind of grow. So we have our Bowl Smashers course, um, you know, and eventually we're going into another course. And as those kind of go off, we're turning them into these books and blogs and things like that. We might revisit them, add something different. And over time, somebody might stumble across it and be like, I need that, you know. I didn't know I needed it. I needed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my yeah. dad's a veteran, and there's a lot of things that he's still kind of learning over time. You know, a lot of people in their services over time, they're like, "Oh, I didn't know I needed." You know, I didn't know you guys were available. I didn't know you guys were there, but I'm glad I found out. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So we just want to be um, alternative. We want to be what do you call that? multi-lingual whatever that that is that um you can reach anybody i love it never that's know, it <laughs> so you know the thing from my perspective is that it's um i don't know to me this would be very valuable especially because it it's not just sort of you're also willing to embrace spiritual mm -hmm. tools for healing Ooh, yes oh yeah um that's like at the foundation of what we do because i think uh, before aisha got here um you know i mentioned that a lot of times people come they get an appointment they get some pills go back on the ship 
or go back to unit go da, da, da. but they don't always they get kind of to be like an empty kind of service like a real surface level when you're angry do this when you're da, 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 do this you know but it's not really like a it's the midnight hour yeah. I don't have mama. I don't got commander. I don't got dad. I don't have it. So what do I have at the core of my being that I, that can hold me up, you know, Crazy. so I don't fall straight flat, you know? And um, our our belief, our Christianity is really at the core of that because, you know, like she said, we have everyday stressors ourselves. We run in business. We got six kids between the two of us. You know, we both work. I do 12. She works eight hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, I think midterms week is coming up for you. But when all those things start to try, almost get overwhelming, you know, it's nice to know, wait, but God sent the Holy Spirit, the helper. You know what I mean? When nobody else is around, he's around for me. And if we could, you know, impart that, you know, into clients that we come across and hey, when that pill don't work, you know, when that doctor don't call or it's COVID, so when you can't go to church, you know, the church is in you, Jesus is in you. And then a lot of times people, they, they'll read the Bible or read at the Bible and not really understand it. Or, you know, they'll go to church or listen, you know, to stream in the church, but not really be able to um, walk out what they just learned. Right. You know, oftentimes we'll go to church, but oh, church is good. What did you learn? Yeah. You know, um, so that's one thing we want to incorporate in this business and saying, hey, you know, depending on what you're going through, you know, let's tackle this part of spirituality. What are you dealing with? You know, let's give you some tools with that. You know, let's talk about why this verse applies to your life and how, and, and God cares about your emotions. You can be angry, but sin not, you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's such a, such a big part, such a great, you know, part of uh, foundation for us because, you know, me personally, I'm a hippie. I don't take meds. <laughs> I gave birth to all my children with no meds. <laughs> But, you know, with that being said, that's where the spiritual peace comes in. Because not only, you know, is it a mindset when you go through things, whether it be labor or, um, you know, dealing with a difficult command or things like that. When you're when you're just down to the core of your being, and it's just you and that problem. What do you have, you know, not just mentally, but spiritually to keep you grounded, you know? And so for us, it's Christianity. And that's what we share. Like it's, all, it's all over the website. We say, hey, Jesus is our savior. Let me tell you why. I'm going to start, start you off with the gospel and tell you why it applies to your life. Because it does. It's not enough just to be a good person. A good person is not going to save you from your suicidal thoughts. You can be good all day. I mean, successful people that give to charities commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I got saved in 1997. And I had, you know, what you're talking about about all the teaching in the world doesn't necessarily penetrate the heart and i had been raised in a chaotic childhood and i had a very serious drinking problem but i got sober when i was 24 years old and so i had been sober a long time when i got saved and but i didn't have i, I had an emptiness in me yeah every moment of my life yeah but the night I got saved was in October of 1997, and it was over a heartbreak. Mm. But, it's all right, it's all right. but the, God didn't care. He was like, "You're coming to me, one way or the other, Meriwether. You're coming." And um, that night, that emptiness left me, and I've never felt alone a moment since. Mm. Not one single moment. Now that doesn't mean there's not been a tremendous amount of trial, and I still had the PTSD and the constant yeah. symptoms but I never felt empty and alone again yeah so that is so real that the Holy Spirit is a very tangible and real change in my reality yes so I, I really value that you give people who are looking for help that that knowledge if they're willing to and the other thing is that after that i tried to take psych meds when the, the traumas were piling up and i couldn't hear god's voice in my heart I, I have was, heard things like that before same so i took them for three weeks and i had to stop taking them now they did re reduce anxiety but 
my point was it was far more important for me to feel the love of God than to feel less anxious. Yes, definitely. Now, I will say there is a balance. So I know with the African-American community, oftentimes we grow up hearing, you know, first of all, we don't do no mental health. That's like a no-no. No, ain't that right, Aisha? We don't do, we don't do therapists. We don't do none of that. Uh, mm -mm, right. Pray about it, baby. You be all right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for real. It's like, it's like, oh, you angry? Just, oh, that's a spirit. No. But that, that, uh, that, debil that debilitated us a lot. Right. So that's, you know, for one, already like a red tape for black people. Right. Like mental health. Um, the next thing is, you know, most of us are, especially, I, I, I was raised in the South, deep South, you know, like cotton, cornfields, soybeans. Um, so, you know, church and religion is really, really, you know, heavily a part of my life. But I can say for sure, I did not know Jesus for myself until I got married about 20 years old, you know, and I was about six years now, you know. Um, but, you know, so we got the red line with the mental health. We have a lifestyle of religion. And, um, you know, it was art. It was just like, for some reason, those two just couldn't but we were still having issues. You know, we were still seeing mental health things. Like clearly there's something wrong with that person, but you just said pray and throw some oil on it and just go, baby, it didn't work. And you know, and when God put me in the field of, you know, mental health, I realized it's all supposed to work together. You know, it's all good and it's all God. God under, he's our, kins he's our kinsman redeemer. You know, he can, he can feel our, he knows he can feel our infirmities. Jesus walks earth. He's been hungry. He's been tired. You know what I mean? He's experienced all the things that I've experienced. So he's able to help me not only physically and spiritually, but mentally too. Now tech military on top of that, you know, and it's just, it's just so many things. And so with this bounce and baby business that we have, we want to bring that all together and say, Hey, look. God is for you, not just spiritually, but mentally too. Now, let me help you, you know, break down some of those things that you've learned, not only in your appointments, but what you hear at church last week. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me talk to you about the Holy Spirit and why he's applicable to what you're going through. Jesus is not for just good times. Oh, he's a pro at the bad times, you know? And I so that's, that is just, it's like our business and all, it's just all together. And we just want to bring it all, all together. Can I add this really quick? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm sorry. You <laughs> One of the, um, I, you know, I, I like that everybody's experiences in finding um, the Lord is so different because, again, we're I think we're sent here for a lot of different purposes. You might be able to talk to somebody that I can't talk to. You know, um, my biggest thing is I used to question God a lot. I used to question, why is this happening? Why is that happening? because all I learned growing up is that you're supposed to go pray to him. You're supposed to go to him. And I used to say, why, you know, what, you know, what can you do for me? And a lot of it was what's in it for me, what's in it for me. So until you do learn the love of God, um, you stop asking that what's in it for me. Cause in the world, the world is a greedy place. And a lot of it is what's in it for me. A lot of it is advertisement. A lot of it is like, look at me and you're supposed to have this life and that type of a thing. And so when I wasn't getting what the world wa you know, wanted to show me, I was frustrated with God. Like, why can't I have that? And so that applied to my mental health because now I'm, my self-esteem is down. I'm depressed because I'm not doing as great as so-and-so. And you know, that type of a thing. But until I got on my face in my tragedy, by myself with him that's when he finally came to me and said you know it's not about you and my mom used to tell me that all the time she was like it's not about you you know and i didn't get it until i had my children i had gotten saved baptized i don't know how many times it's not about me you know and i find a lot of joy in helping other people i find a lot of joy in talking to people and hearing them because I realize there's so much in this world that I do not know because I didn't ask, you know, are you okay? And um, so this spiritual journey of teaching people, it's okay to keep on living. It's okay to go through this life because you're not done yet until you're done, until he says you're done. That's my biggest thing. We feel like we want to have control over everything to include everything that's in our life, to include the ending of our life. We don't know when we're going to go, but we have a lot of impact on the people that we meet. 
there's something that people say that brings them to God every day. And I feel like that's what we get an opportunity to do. I don't care how old the person is. So I'm really excited about doing this, especially with her because we went through HE double hockey sticks at the beginning of this. As soon as we signed that LLC, we got targeted and challenged in the very areas that we wanted to teach, you know, and her own relationships, me on like actually sticking up for myself, self-esteem things. And those were the very things that we said we wanted to bring. And it was funny because as we're going through it, we kept saying, oh, we're, we're moving in the right direction because we're getting attacked. We could have just laid down and been done with the business. We could have just been like, we, we could have just been like, I'm not doing this, we're not doing this. No, it's too much. I got this going on, I got that going on. But the truth is we have to teach people how to make it through regardless of that, how to be a gold smasher regardless of how busy and hectic your schedule is. So that's why I'm excited to be doing this with you. <laughs> Wow, you too. But you know that what you were just talking about is so important. Um, I I haven't pursued anything where the enemy hasn't laid it down on me as I was about to accomplish it, and and I mean from every freaking direction, every direction, every. I mean, it's it's comical at this point. Not that I feel it's comical. I know but what you mean. On that day when everything is sort of falling apart, I'm like, something's coming. Something wonderful. Yes, we feel <laughs> and, the same way. And so when you say that, Aisha, about that, as soon as you start, the enemy was like, oh, nope, let me put some, let me put some barriers in here and, and discourage these two um, from their mission under God. And I, I love that you battled on. I love it so much. And it, it, as you say, it proves it proves that you're you're in service to God and that what you're going to do is going to be successful. Because the more, at least in my experience, the more H-E double hockey sticks I get, the more I know the value of whatever's coming. Oh, yes, so just valid, validate that. And I have to say kudos to you because Miss Mayweather, you don't look anything like what you've been through at all. You just look graceful. Yes, you do. Like when you were telling me some of your testimony, I was like, uh-uh. Look at how bright that skin is and how bright those eyes are. And look at those dimples. Like there ain't no way. You know, but that's just the beauty and the blessing of God. Like, you know, when he takes care of you and you trust him, you don't like anything that you've been through. That's exactly right. And 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 there is a very big choice in this about telling God that awful thing is not gonna define me. Mm -mm. I'm not gonna have, I'm gonna keep dreaming even if it means that I'm 90 when I am that beautiful, lovely, talented, healthy, educated yeah. woman. I'm still going there, God. I'm not, and it's funny because it's as if God says, just keep going and I will, you know. So, I mean, I'm in a few weeks, I'm gonna be 57 years old. But, I know it, but the truth is that I can't, define myself around any other 57 year old that I know it has to be the image God puts in my heart yes ma'am you know another thing that um is really at the core of what teaches you know yes you know goal setting and spirituality but with that spirituality is definitely understanding that the cross is a disclaimer you know just because no weapon may form a weapon that form against you may prosper doesn't mean it won't nick you. And that just because you get attacked or you have a bad time doesn't mean that God does not exist. That doesn't mean that. It means that you may get beat up, but you're gonna survive. You trust me, trust me that little cut you got is nothing compared to what I'm defending you against. So you just do what I told you to do. Stay the course. You might get a little bruise beat up. You know, David was a warrior, you know, before he was a king. He was anointed to be king, but he was still, you know, he was still herding sheep, but he was anointed to be king, but he didn't become king overnight. He had to develop into that. And so that's one thing I really, you know, want to bring to people that encounter us is, yes, you got beat down. That doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. 
being a Christian doesn't mean that everything's gonna be great all the time. If anything, it means the complete opposite. It means that you might face more H-E double hockey sticks, you know, <laughs> than you had before. Because as soon as you decide to do something right, to listen to God, it's going to get hard. But let me teach you how to, you know, let me teach you how to be a diamond under pressure. You know? The best thing that my grandmother taught me about um, a lot of this too is the idea that we get that you know, there are times that he pulls us to be alone and then there's times that we do have to come together because we're not meant to be alone. So getting around other people who are spiritually, um, you know, who know him is very helpful because I know for a fact I couldn't do this by myself. I need Sabrina, you know, I, I need her. There's times where I've called on her because I had like um, a reaction, like I just had a really bad day bust at somebody or something and calling her um just knowing that she's there and that she also knows the lord is probably the most important thing knowing people around you and also knowing people especially in the field that we work in so getting other perspectives is okay you know getting um help is okay because there's a taboo that a lot of people like i don't like people i heard that so many times today alone or cut them like off people. i'm like yeah, or I'm just going to cut you off and block you because that's what the social media culture is doing, teaching people how to move further away. Communication is key. I could not do this without Sabrina at all. Same. I feel the same. I love you so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's all. That's us, Miss Mayweather. That's us. <laughs> let, me, let me just put these two dogs out because they're... As I told you, she runs this household. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yes, ma'am. One second. Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Your Majesty. <laughs> Our first podcast together. Oh, my God. Her name is what, Your Majesty? I love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that dog, look. I have so many audio editing to do later. <laughs> More the ramblings. I love it. I love it. I live it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I love it. So listen, um, tell me, like, you know, this podcast in itself could be a real blessing. I know mm. that I know that Aisha, you were talking about like other channels of distribution mm -hmm. like Instagram and a blog and YouTube yeah. but and books but um and and that is huge like that marketing thing is really huge to be successful as far as numbers go mm -hmm. but but I really think that this sort of like freewheeling conversation about service faith mental illness is a wonderful thing for people to listen to even if they don't have the opportunity to have like a direct contact with you two yeah just knowing that this is out there and talking about it um i think that your mission is like coming through and it's a beautiful thing and i i really um yeah i love it's like it. one giant group therapy because a lot of times when people first go to group therapy nobody likes to talk everybody's super quiet um the groups that i do it's like um it's called dbt and dbt is basically full of people who have like post-traumatic stress and things like that all sorts of different services and everything in the first couple of weeks nobody's talking by the end of that course we have best friends and a lot of people are like that helped my life a lot so this is like one giant <laughs> at first nobody's talking to us yet but the goal is <laughs> yes <laughs> you will yeah you're gonna find a lot of people to talk to you i'm sure because i think it's a i think you're offering what this the product of your business is is very valuable as i say it seems to me to be, like I say, place to land that's not complex, but it's not outside the system, but it's inside the system, yet it's safe. 
Yeah. So, so that is, is huge. And then, but there's just so many people from all branches. Now, you know, I think it's very innovative. It seems like, you know, that's, a, that's the epitome of innovation. It's like, how did this never happen before? How did, yeah. And so, but you two were chosen to, to do this, you know? And yes, uh, so I just feel like there's, there will be a lot of people who will want to interact with you either directly or indirectly through the channels that you're distributing or seeking direct help from you. But I, I really, I love it so much. We're excited for this journey and we're excited to hop on with you next week. <gasps> Can't wait. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a professional interviewer, y'all. I'm really going to get the story. I'm yes, really going to get to how, <laughs> how did you two come to this place and what, the, what is the big dream? So, um, Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. I'll tell you what that is next week. <laughs> All I right, well, well, this is a good landing point here for us, Miss Mayweather. It's been such a blessing to have you. Thank you for being the first. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, I feel so like, honored. Thank you. Yeah. And and so let me know when you have this like at the productions done and you have a link because I have a massive LinkedIn family. I have twenty five thousand followers on LinkedIn. So and, and it's all basically a big military community. And so I really look forward to sharing to sharing this with them. Oh, we sure will. I'll even send you the raw audio file. Your website on. Um, our page and stuff so they'll be flacking over there oh I yes best believe it. best believe well you have an awesome evening Meriwether. thank you so so much for your time we appreciate you likewise, thank you for being on fails to wins you're amazing likewise and i'll see you guys on tuesday bye bye god bless you bye bye